You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit ViralGrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adweek Presents, where we embark on an adventure into Adweek's archives and unveil our favorite talks from some of the most recognizable names in music, television, sports, and film, sharing their unique approach to marketing that have made them icons in the field. My name is Al Manorino, and I am the senior producer of the Adweek Podcast Network. On this week's episode, we are going back to October 2021 for Adweek's Convergent TV Summit. During the event, we were honored to be joined by a legendary writer and mega producer who founded her own production company in 2005. She's best known as the powerhouse behind hit shows like Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and most recently, Netflix breakout Bridgerton. As part of her recently extended and expanded Netflix deal, she's growing her company into a force to be reckoned with on several new platforms including VR, gaming, merchandise, and live events. In this session, hosted by Adweek's former editor-in-chief, Stephanie Paderick, our guest is joined alongside executives Sandy Bailey and Chris DeLorio as they discuss the company's new path and what this means for the future of the industry. So get ready to enter the wide world of Shondaland as Adweek presents Shonda Rhimes. We are so excited to bring the executive team from Shondaland onto our virtual stage, including Shonda Rhimes. First, I want to introduce you to Sandy Bailey. She is Shondaland's chief design and digital media officer, and she leads all aspects of Shondaland's digital media, including Shondaland Audio, Shondaland.com, and Shondaland's consumer products. I'd also like to bring to the stage Chris Diorio. He is the Chief Strategy and Business Development Officer for Shondaland. He, uh, he leads ideation, planning, and execution of Shondaland's business initiatives and growth strategies. Um, plus, he's heading up brand partnerships, which I'm really excited to talk with him about, um, as well as marketing and communications. Um, and then last but not least, 
Shonda Rhimes has, uh, hit her work has been celebrated with numerous awards, including induction into the Television Academy Hall of Fame. She has shifted the entertainment industry's business model and changed the face of television through shows that I'm sure you have heard of, and we will talk about those too. She's also the CEO of the global media company, Shondaland, and note, not a production company, but a global media company. With a focus on innovation, Rhymes' company is approaching storytelling through brand partnerships, merchandise, content for film, streaming, audio, digital, and editorial. It has really grown so much, even this year. Uh, so welcome all. Shonda, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Excited to be here. It's great to have you. So you had a phenomenal year. Um, Bridgerton obviously was a smash hit. You've sent Shonda Lan into a new stratosphere with your new Netflix deal. Um, we're going to get into all of that, but I would appreciate it if to set the stage, you could walk us back to the early days and, and walk us through how Shonda Lan first began. Well, I mean, it really just began with the idea that we would make more television shows in, in the very beginning of um, the show's planning when we first started making Grey's Anatomy. Our idea was like, let's just make more shows. Let's have a company that makes more shows. And from that, it grew, like our ambitions grew. As the shows grew and, and the needs of the shows grew, it became clear that we needed to think about other things. We need to think about the PR and the marketing of the shows. We need to think about merchandise that went with the shows. We began to think about other areas that we could expand into, um, which then became the website, which then became podcasting which has become, you know, merchandise design. There's a lot of aspects of the shows that, that it grew from. And once we started thinking about that, it became the community of what Shondaland was, our audience and what they needed and how to build a world for that community. And you were, you know, you were one of the first big talents to leave network TV when you signed your first deal with Netflix. And Bridgerton was your first big swing sort of three years after signing that deal. Can you take us inside your process in that time span? I can only imagine the pressure that you would feel as a creator and a businesswoman to find that next big idea. How did you approach that time? You know, it was actually not as difficult as it seems. I really was looking towards the future of what television was. I was looking for another um, sort of hurdle to jump because I'm always like a good challenge. And it was clear to me that the future of television was in streaming. And I really wanted us to be at the forefront of where we were in television. We'd done that with network TV. I wanted us to do it with what was next and streaming felt like what was next. So making that leap was much simpler than it sounds simply because always going for what's new is exciting to me. Yeah. And so and you have such an interesting vantage point having been through the experience of going back to you know Grey's Anatomy days of rolling out a show like Grey's Anatomy on network TV almost a couple of decades ago versus rolling out Bridgerton uh, on a streaming service in the middle of a pandemic, such a different atmosphere, such a different experience. I'd love to hear from the whole team on this, but Shonda, we'll start with you. I mean, what, what was it like when, what was the, the release of Bridgerton like and how would you compare it to your first show coming out? Well, I mean, I think for the first, my first show coming out, it felt very much like everything was a surprise. I had no idea what to expect. I'd never written a television show before. Grey's was the beginning of everything. So everything was a surprise. You know, having been down this road so many times, 
doing it during a pandemic, doing this during a pandemic felt very different. I mean, we all had pieces to play that we were all doing from separate areas. Um, we were working on podcasts and post-production videos. And so Sandy can talk to you about that, um, of making of videos that we were making, you know, from afar. We were doing the marketing and all of that was being planned over Zoom. All of the post-production, all the editing of the shows was being done over Zoom and we were discussing it that way. So not even knowing how it would come together was was a really sort of fresh piece. It was almost like doing it all over again. But to then release it at, and to have it be sort of exploding into the world at the same time, everybody in the world at the same time, 82 million households was incredible because we were prepared. We were prepared in every aspect. We had our podcast ready to go. We had um, merchandise planning ready to go. You know, Sandy had the, the making of videos ready to go. Chris had the marketing and all, all that stuff was all ready to go. And it was exciting to have that there. Chris, I, I'd love your perspective from a marketing standpoint of why you feel it was such an instant success. And were you prepared for that level of success? I don't think any of us were prepared for that level of success. You know, we were really proud of the show and we were excited about it and, you know, had had gone through a lot, both, you know, with the pandemic to, to get that show, to get the show out and done. And so we were all looking forward to coming out and obviously excited for that. But when it hit that moment, you know, about a week or so after it came out, when even though we we're all away on holiday and, you know, we we're in the pandemic and everybody was separated, it was all that people were talking about. I think that's when it really struck us of like, oh, wow, like this is something that exceeded even our own expectations. And Sandy, so you're, you know, Shonda mentioned that you were ready with, you know, podcasts and with merchandise. And it seemed like there was a, a really um, fantastic promotion strategy in place. And it's worth mentioning, too, by the way, that um in, in July, uh, you signed a deal with Netflix that, that seems to represent a sea change for the company, Shonda, um, including film, gaming, merchandising, VR, live events. So Sandy, from your perspective, how are you leveraging those tools like digital media, like the podcast, like merchandising to, to make the show successful? I think what's interesting is we started to learn actually even before Netflix came along, that you, we couldn't think of this as a time slot opportunity um, to talk to the Chandelier community. We you know, thought that it was becoming more important to reach people where they were um, and provide content full circle. Um, people are getting busier. People are spending more time on the internet. Um, that's where they're getting their content at um, in general. And it just made sense to think of it in terms of if people have 10 minutes, maybe they can find a Bridgerton behind the scenes article on Shondaland.com, right? And, or join us for an Instagram live um, with author, you know, with Julia Quinn and have a conversation with her. Um, if they have 30 minutes, they might listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast. Um, so that's, you know, a little bit longer time that they have. If they have a whole, a whole hour, they might go to Netflix and watch an episode of Bridgerton. If they have more time and more income and some of these things at, at their disposal, they might then expand their engagement with experiences and merchandise and all the things that are gonna extend kind of what we call the joy of the series for them. I mean, which I think is ultimately the extension for us that's important. 
Yeah. I love what you said that, uh, what you said about that extending the joy of the experience and it going from, um, you know, you're going from having a passive audience to really having an engaged community. And I, that's where marketing is heading. Um, Shonda, so it seems like you and your team were really thinking about, you were thinking along these lines before the new deal with Netflix um, happened in July. Can you tell us how, you know, what, what sparked that deal? When did your thinking change about how big Shonda Land could be? Um, you know, I think my idea of how big Shondaland can be has, has been there for a while. All of us have talked about all the possibilities of what's available to us for Shondaland and how to engage our audiences and how to build that. You know, as an executive team, we spend a lot of time discussing what are the best ways to do that. And when it came time to start to think about a new deal for Shondaland, we really wanted to think about what are the ways that we could add to that deal? What are the ways that we could build on it? and make more room for the things that we all knew were possible. And what was great was that everybody had ideas and input. What do you see as the biggest changes to the deal? And what was what was really important for you to accomplish in it? I think that probably the, the DEIA initiative, you know, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility Initiative that we put in there. I really wanted to find a way for us to not only engage our audiences and expand our audiences, but to make room for in our success, other people to also be successful. I wanted to give opportunities to people who generally weren't getting opportunities in this industry, in all areas of this industry. And so to get that initiative included into the contract was really, really powerful. And Netflix was very excited about it. And it allows us to really provide opportunities to people who wouldn't normally have them. Yeah. And as I understand, that's really happening across the talent pipeline, not just in front of the camera, um, but but really to, to all positions. As you know, I, I'm so interested in the intersection of business and creativity. And, and Shonda, you really balance both. As the land expands, where, where is your focus? And then how do you balance the demands of a business with the process of creativity? Well, that is the big question. Um, part of what we've discovered works best is sort of a, a mental splitting of the company in two almost. So that Sandy is really overseeing the digital content half and I am overseeing the streaming content half. So that as big or as exciting as her imagination can be for what's happening with you know, the podcasts with iHeart or the website, um, she can go and she can run without having to wait for me to sort of come around and go, oh, I agree with that or I think that's true. She's got like a, a real creative voice in that. And then for me, I'm really focusing on the streaming content on that side, trying to do exactly the same thing. And then together, our voices sort of meld really well. That's important. But what's also important to me is to make sure that every aspect of our storytelling feels true and authentic to who we are and to our, our mission and to, and to the way Shondaland tells stories. The management portion is much harder for me. It's, it's less of who I am, you know, instinctively, which is why I have such a strong executive team so that we can all work together as sort of a, a synchronous group to really get the company up and running and keep it running the way it should be. Yeah, the team is so important. And, you know, I have the sense that um, you're up to, what, 50 employees at this point? That I think it's 50, right, Chris? Right, Sandy? Yeah. 
around 50. Chris, yeah, the team has expanded. And I know with that expansion, it can be exciting and challenging because you have an opportunity to really build company culture and decide what you want the experience to be like. So, so with this question, I'm curious for Chris and Sandy, what is it like to be a Shondaland employee? That's a, you know, we get that question all the time. And what's funny is, is I, for me over the last how five years that I've been at the company, um, it hasn't changed. My answer hasn't changed. It's still the same since day one, which is, I always know that I'm going to get to do something that I'm passionate about. And that can't be said at a lot of other jobs. Um, And when I say that, I mean, we're putting our best work into whatever that project might be um, and really coming at it from an innovative, creative mindset versus this is the way it's done. This is the way it happens in the industry. Um, We're really challenged to look outside of that and find more creative ways to approach everything. So that, for me, I think speaks to really the culture at the company. You know, everyone is really, you know, pushed to sort of step outside that box or step outside themselves and think of different ways that we can create content. You know, as Shonda said, you know, that the content piece and the storytelling can happen in a multitude of ways. And we're experiencing that now with this growth in these other areas. Yeah. And something I would say too, just thinking about what you said, you know, we were a production company at one point and now I've expanded into a global media company. And I think just even that positioning and that buy-in from our employees gives everyone the runway to know that they don't have to paint inside the lines, right? If there's a different way to do something, you know, Shonda welcomes it. Our executive team welcomes it. And we're open to these new and different ways of trying to uh, to tell great stories. I love that. Um, and, you know, with that, with that change from production company to media company, I, I know a big, a big change is that it opens the doors to partnerships with brands. And certainly we've got marketers in the audience um, who will be interested in this, particularly because you're partnered with Netflix. There aren't traditional opportunities there, you know, in the form of like a 30 second spot. Um, but now as a, as a larger media company with a digital arm, you've got that chance. So Chris, I know that this is your swim lane what kind of partners are you looking for? How do you make those decisions? And then where are audiences seeing those show up? Um, that's a great question. You know, for us, you know, similar to our stories, it always starts with partners that are aligned with our values, right? So we try to we try to be very selective and identify partners that we know that we're, you know, number one fans of, but number two, like really do align, align with what we're trying to create. Um, so you know, a great example of that is our, you know, we did a, a partnership with Peloton recently where we were able to take the IP of Shonda's uh, Year of Yes book and bring it to them and kind of create and curate along with their team an eight-week fitness program or wellness program that was really for all abilities across all modalities of their product, um, but then also create ancillary content that lived on Shondaland.com, interviews with their different instructors and trainers. And what was exciting about that was that was a partnership that started out by us just being mutual fans of each other and sitting down and really liking what they were about and, you know, their company and their values and all that. And them having that same feeling of us and just figuring out ways that we, you know, could figure out a cool way and an interesting way to give something to both of our to both of our audiences. So as far as where, you know, brands and our audiences can find us, what I think is interesting now, and Sandy spoke about this a little bit, too, is 
our audience is always on instead of that kind of destination, you know, for three hours a night, one night a week. Now we're a 24 seven company where our audience is coming to us anytime they want a Netflix, anytime they want for our podcast, anytime they want to our website. So we really have the opportunity, which is unique to work with these brands and kind of curate a very creative storytelling, you know, concept for them that can be distributed in many different forms to kind of fit both the way we tell stories, but also fits into whatever their kind of creative and and business needs are for their brands. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Sandy, I want to ask you about merchandising because I'm hearing this pop up in a lot of my conversations about just how big there's such an appetite for merchandise um, these days. So how like what type of Bridgerton merchandise can we get? What maybe unique or creative ways are you um, are you working the retail side? Well, you're not going to get any secrets out of me today, but, uh, you know, everyone, everyone wants to know when is my Bridgerton merchandise coming? It's coming. Um, But, you know, for us, we're always, as Chris said, it's really important that we're, we're very selective. Um, So we're looking for things that are going to be really key opportunities for our Shonda land community versus monetary opportunities that may just be everywhere, right? Um, You know, we're looking at ways that people can enjoy, um, you know, potentially some fashion and, uh, you know, looking into the future at um, ways people can understand how the show was made a little bit more. Um, Those are some of the things, the little tidbits I can give you, but can't give too much away. The biggest thing I think is going to be the experiences that are coming out now that people can enjoy. Um, So we've, we've pushed those, you know, to be very safe about it. Um, In the pandemic, we've pushed those to the top of the year. So you'll start to see those open up again in January, February, and March, both in the UK, Canada, and in the US. 
people can enjoy a live Bridgerton experience that I think is going to be very powerful. Amazing. And, um, and Shonda, I'm curious to know who your role models are. You know, when, as, as you're building this thing and as it's getting bigger, who do you turn to or who do you look up to? Who are my role models? I mean, I think there are so many powerful and interesting and, and incredible businesswomen who have built amazing businesses, men too, who built amazing businesses and amazing brands based on who they are, that the, the role models are plenty. I mean, there's every, you know, somebody like Oprah, somebody like Joanna Gaines, people who are building brands based on more than just um, a single ability, I think are, is what's interesting to me. The idea that they're creating a community for their audience is important to me. And that's what's exciting to me. Those are the people who I am looking to as sort of um, guides as, as to how to do this. And on this idea of community, I mean, you've had, you've had so many successful shows. I mean, you know, Grey's Anatomy, we've mentioned Scandal, Bridgerton, and that's just scratching the surface. Um, what is your formula for turning audiences into communities, um, for creating a fandom? There is no formula. I mean, and I think what, what's fortunate for us is that the formula really is we make shows that we want to watch, period. And that is the most important thing. And when I say we, I mean, across the board, we at the company. If people at the company are excited about watching something, if that's something that we can't stop talking about, we know that that's something that's worth it. That goes with all of our ideas, the ideas for podcasts, the ideas for stories, the ideas for the way we market things. If it's something that we all are excited about, then we know that the audience will be excited about it too. You know, I talk a lot about thinking about our audience with respect. You know, you really want to respect the audience and, and believe that they know what's best because they, they are the people who are consuming the product. And if I'm excited about it, I, I really want to trust that they're with us and that they're excited about it too. You never want to get ahead of them. You never want to assume that they're not um, with you or as savvy or as interested. You want them to be people that you can have a conversation with. And that is who our audience is, people that we all want to be in conversation with. Yeah. And I can see that ethos extending beyond the shows and, and into all these projects you're talking about. Final question, Shonda, and then I want to go to the whole team for some takeaways for our audience. Um, you know I have to try. Sandy called me out on this, but everyone is anxiously awaiting the season two of Bridgerton. I also know that you're working on an original show um, in, in progress, uh, Inventing Anna. Is there anything you can tell us about those two projects and uh, what your community can expect? Um, I can tell you that they're both exciting. I can tell you they're very different from one another. I can tell you that season two of Bridgerton is just as thrilling as season one of Bridgerton, but in a very different way. Um, and I can tell you that Inventing Anna is everything that you don't expect from Shondaland, but you didn't know you needed. Okay, I love that. That's a great teaser. And to, to wrap up, you know, you have three points that you would really love for the audience to keep in mind uh, as they leave this session today. So I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, the first one I wanted to hit is um, about staying true to your core business, right? Shondaland, for us, that's storytelling. And even though we found other ways to expand, um, we always try to find our, if we ever find ourselves in uncharted territories, we always look to partner with the best in class people who can help us grow. 
So in the case of expanding with Shondaland Audio, we partnered with iHeart. When we were launching Shondaland.com, we partnered with Hearst. We kept our values the same in our storytelling, but found the best partners to help us kind of execute those plans. And then the second one is, you know, always start by judging an opportunity on if it aligns with your goals and values. Um, you know, in the case of Bridgerton, with its massive success, you can imagine many companies are coming out of the woodwork and asking to work with us, um, which is amazing and a phenomenal problem to have. Um, but we really believe it's incredibly important to be selective. Uh, look at those companies based on who's running them, what their values are, are they giving back to communities? Um, you know, looking at people who may not have um, maybe their, their company is not as large as someone else in the industry, but they're doing an amazing job and there's someone that we want to bring to the forefront um, and provide that opportunity to be seen as well. Um, so we think it's incredibly valuable to let those things lead the way, um, as opposed to, you know, always picking the largest, the loudest, uh, those with the most money, um, throwing the most money at the project. Um, look, we wouldn't be in business if we weren't about making some money. That's obvious. But I think it's really important to stay true to your values um, and your goals as you're looking at all those opportunities. And I think our third takeaway is to create content that first and foremost, we're fans of or that anybody's a fan of. I mean, and that can be anything from the shows that we do. You know, I created Grays because I was obsessed with those surgical um, little surgical videos that you could find online or you could, you could watch on TV. But I also was excited about Peloton because I couldn't get enough of my Peloton bike. Um, we got involved with Dove because I just loved their product and I loved what they were about. I love that they showed real women. So the goal is never to just create a hit or a chase a trend or a demographic or an audience or to do something because somebody else thinks it's popular. The goal is to find something that feels true to who you are and to what you do and what you believe in. And the best content always ends up finding an audience all on its own. I mean, Bridgerton is a place where nobody thought a romance novel would work. No romance novels had been placed on television before, but we really loved it and believed in it. And that's what worked. Thank you, Shonda, Sandy, and Chris. Um, such strong takeaways. I really appreciate the thought that you put into that and appreciate you spending some time with us today. And congrats on, uh, on everything that's to come. Thank you. Happy to be Thank here. You. Thank you for listening to Adweek Presents, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay up to date on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. 
Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.